it looks amazing. Live golf at night, under the lights, on a limited field of play where the action goes super fast. That was quite exciting to see the production of that, but I think the end product is going to be quite spectacular. We wanted to showcase that it was fun for participants. We wanted to create an event that ultimately would be fun for spectators. And we wanted an event that was made for TV. And I think we made the proof of concept for that. So very happy about that. We started this week hosting eight corporate events for golfer, but also for non-golfer. And what we experienced is how non-golfer enjoyed playing 18 holes under the light at night with a giant leaderboard with their name on it. So this competitive socializing kind of aspect for non-golfer was striking. We brought people from all over the country and all over the world to compete in one of the main events, the Stroke Play Championship. And what I found out, and that's exactly why we're building this thing, is that at the end, on the top of the leaderboard, on the top 10 players, we had five professionals and five amateurs. This is exactly what MSOP is all about, is to level the playing field, to allow 10, 15 handicapped golfers to compete on the same level than the Golf Pro and, and even Tour Pro. There's a lot of opportunity, but I think it's definitely a younger audience, women, the way people dress, the way people interact, the fact that we have music, so we're tapping in a younger audience for that specific event. A lot of learning, this is a laboratory, we're testing a lot of things, as you were saying, but so far it's been amazing. Hey there, I'm Colin Weston. This week on the Mod Golf Podcast, we continue our coverage from Las Vegas with part two of the major series of putting championships. In our previous episode, I spoke with some of the players and the creators who envisioned, designed, and delivered this unique golf competition experience. On this week's episode of the Mod Golf Podcast, I'm going to take a deeper dive to explore the other elements that MSOP has created in order to deliver a diverse business model and an engaging experience for players, sponsors, and fans. All right, I'm with a brother and sister team who have just qualified here to move on for the team championship. And the fact that, yeah, they are brother and sister, I thought that was kind of unique. So I had to come grab them and find out what their story is and how they ended up here and how they're enjoying it. So uh, I believe your name is Caitlin, is it not? Yeah. So we'll start. And Jordan, is that correct? Yes. Wow, I'm bad with names. I actually remember that. I'm pretty proud of myself. Okay, Caitlin, we'll start with you. So, hey, how did you guys end up here? How did you hear about MSOP and what brought you here to the stadium today? Right, so a good friend of mine is the rep out in San Diego and called me about a month ago and talked to me about a putting competition that she was involved with and asked if I wanted to do the one out in Vegas. So took her up on the offer, had no idea what to expect and it's exceeded the expectations that I had. It's been a lot of fun. And Jordan, how did you find about this, through your sister? Yes, I came down here to stay with her for a couple of weeks and practice a little bit. She ends up telling me that she's doing a putting contest one of the days and that she wasn't ready for it and all of this stuff. So I thought I had to come out and watch just to see how great it would be or how awful it could be. And she did pretty well, and it, it was fun to watch. And then I had a, one of my close friends actually won the event a couple days ago. So I watched him do it as well. And so I was pretty intrigued to come out, and I thought there was no one better to team up with than her and see how we could do. Is this putting any strain on your sibling relationship? Have you guys actually played in a team event before? Um, I don't think we have, actually. We've grown up. We played golf since we could walk. Uh, our mom is a PGA professional, and so she was our coach growing up in Tahoe. And so we've definitely had our moments in the past where we got kicked to the cart and told to sit down for a few holes. We're extremely competitive. But, you know, having somebody there who knows your game in and out and knows your putting and everything, it takes pressure off, and it's enjoyable to be around your sibling for an event like this. So you finished three rounds. You have made the cut here, and there's two more rounds to go. So I'm going to ask you this Jordan I'm sure you guys have added up your scores you guys seem like you're pretty competitive here so overall individual scoring over three rounds who's got the lowest score so far mm, that's a good question 
I'm gonna say I do. I did much better the first round. I struggled last round, but I'd say I held it together a little bit better. I would say me by a couple, but hopefully it doesn't really matter and we both start making everything we look at for the next couple rounds and we can move up a little bit. That's the key. Caitlin, is that is that true? Do you agree with him? Yeah, probably. So I went first to try and give him a line. And so I wasn't trying to be super aggressive in making it more of just get the two and allow him to. He's a great putter, so just giving him full reign to be aggressive. So, yes, he probably did have a few on me, but I think that if we would have played a little different, it might have been a different story. <laughs> I let, you know what? I'm going to leave it at that. I'll let you guys argue afterwards now that I've actually set this on fire for you. So, uh, Caitlin, Jordan, thanks so much for this and best of luck in the team event tonight in the final two rounds and I understand it's fifteen thousand dollars for first place so this this isn't chump changes there's some real money on the on the line here huh yeah it's got nothing to lose and it is it really no pressure you just go out and just go play it's golf it's a game and you're out here and it's such a great venue they did such a great job putting this together and you can't help but enjoy it and have fun so that's kind of the game plan and be aggressive you have nothing to lose and have you guys been out here at night? Have you seen this thing lit up yet? Yeah. Well, she was out playing the other night, and then I came out a couple nights ago and watched my teammate, my friend, uh, win the tournament. So that was interesting. That was a fun kind of way to end that night and, and hang out and watch him do that. Uh, so it's awesome at night, all lit up. Everything's pretty big, pretty great. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, I'll let you go. I know you want to, we're on the practice screen here, and you want to get back to practicing for the next round. So best of luck tonight. After speaking with Caitlin and Jordan, I walked around the MSOP Stadium a bit more. There was a tournament practice round going on on the 18 holes, but there is also another element that is crucial to the future success of MSOP. The stadium venue is circular in shape, with the 18-hole competition area in the middle. On the outside ring is the players' practice putting green, the staff and technical facilities, the interactive scoreboard, the clubhouse lounge for both players and fans, and one other element that I find very intriguing. On the west side of the venue, there are three areas where the public has a chance to participate. This is what they call the skills-based gaming area. I had the pleasure of speaking with one of MSOP's friendly staff members to find out more. So I'm at the skills game component of the MSOP stadium where the public, anybody can come and put a bit of money down and test their putting skills here. There's a couple of different games and we're going to learn a little bit more about that right now. So who do I have with me here? Brigetta von Golner. Brigetta, pleasure to meet you. So you're going to run through uh, how the games work here and how the whole system works. So yeah, please tell us a little bit what's going on here with the skills games. Okay, first we have the clock. And the clock is a semicircle of 15 dots, six feet from the cup. When somebody enters the game, we put their name into the iPad, the program generates the ball placement. So a random assortment of six balls placed on one of 15 holes. You have one minute to put all six balls in. And if you put four balls of the six in, you get your money back. Nice. So as far as the betting of this goes, so the, can you, is there only one bet you can make or can you put, are there variations or it depends if you feel you're a high roll or what, how does that work as far as the betting goes? If I, let's say for myself, if I want to put some money down and, and put six balls here around the clock, how would, how would that work? We have four putting surfaces that are virtually identical. The first one is uh, for $10 bets or to play for $10. The next one is for $20, then we have a $50 one, and then we have a $100 one. And on each of them, the payout, the higher the amount of money you put down, the higher the payout is. Interesting stuff. So you've been here for a couple of days. Have you seen uh, some people winning money here? Or can you tell us about that? Is how, uh, how successful have people have been with their skills? I think this is really uh, good for people that are very good putters. It's fun for everybody, but the people that really win money are the people that are low-digit handicapped golfers. 
Got it. Are you finding you get uh, people that have never played golf before that just love the kind of the Vegas betting aspect of things that just wants to get out here and put, put some money and test their own skills, even if they may not be golfers? Have you had some people like that out here trying to win a little bit of money? I've had some interesting experiences. I watched uh, somebody putt, and it seemed apparent to me that he wasn't a golfer, and he was putting on the $20 green, and I suggested to him that if he went to the $10 green, he could play twice as much. And he said, he looked at the board where the payout is, and he said, no, I want to stay here because the payout is higher. Now, this is a gentleman who didn't sink a single putt, but I guess he had his dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he did. So the other game I see here is called Putt 69. This one looks very interesting also. Can you tell us how the gameplay of that works and also how the software actually creates that experience for the participant? Sure. In Putt 69, you get seven balls, and the computer tells us where to put each ball. You put one down at the three-foot mark, one down at the five-foot mark, seven-foot, nine-foot, 12-foot, 15-foot, and 18-foot. At each of those distances, there are three choices, the A, the B, and the C position. And that's what the computer tells us to put it at either the, the A, B, or C position at the three foot, and then so on to 18 feet. Got it. So we're looking at the payout sign here for putt 69. I guess, first of all, can you tell us what the 69 actually refers to in putt 69? So putt 69 is the total, the sum total of the amount of feet that you're putting. So if you add 3 feet, 5 feet, 7 feet, up to 18 feet, you end up with 69 feet. And your score is generated by the amount of feet of putts you put in. So the 18-foot putt will get you 18 points, whereas the 3-foot putt will only get you 3 points. And if you put from 30 to 39 feet of putts in, you win back your money. I see, and looking at the score here, so from 40 to 49, you double your money to 40, and 50 to 59, up to 200, 60 to 66 is 500, and 69, if you make them all, is 2,000. Has anybody come close to the last putt? What is the highest score someone's achieved so far? We've had five people win $200, and you have to roll in from 50 to 59 feet to get $200. Wow, that's some pretty good putting. So this is not easy at all. So I can see the enticement of people thinking, wow, I can get a 10 times payout here making them all. But that's almost, I wouldn't say impossible, but extremely difficult to do. It is difficult because the putting surface is not absolutely flat. So you have to play the break. And because the balls are put at different positions, generally from every putt, the break changes. So it's a very challenging game. It is, and this is really interesting at a bigger level too that Las Vegas understands, especially with younger people, skills-based gaming is where the future of gambling and gaming is going to go because it is social and it is interactive rather than sitting in a casino passively and playing the traditional games. This is quite interesting. Also, it's a bit of an experiment really on the, on the forefront of where uh, skills-based gaming in Las Vegas is going to be going in the future. Well, thank you very much for your time today. This has been great. Thank you. It's been fun. Besides this dedicated skills-based gaming area, MSOP has added one other betting element to the venue. Right down the spine of the venue that separates the front nine from the back, they have a 100-foot long putting strip where everybody has the chance to win some big money. After buying a $20 chip at the cashier's booth, you can place a bet against yourself to make a series of short putts from 20 to 30 feet. If you manage to make those, you can either walk away with more money or you can lay it all on the line for one chance to sink a 100-foot putt for $100,000. Over the four days that I was at MSOP Stadium, I didn't see one person try this. And I think the problem might be that it's just too hard. 
But once again, we almost realize that this is an experiment in a laboratory that they've created here. Not everything's going to work and not everything's going to have the right fit the first time they try it. I've talked about the lean startup methodology on previous episodes, and this business approach certainly applies to what MSOP is creating here. Quite simply, with the lean startup approach, you need to create something called a minimal viable product. It won't be perfect the first time you try it, and it will not have every single feature that you can imagine. The idea here is to try certain things, test them, see what works, and see what doesn't. And once you've gotten feedback on those things, the next time you test your product, which in this case being the 2018 MSOP season and Las Vegas championships, you'll have the data and the knowledge and the understanding to eliminate and reduce the things that don't work and to enhance the things that do and to also try some new things. So the takeaway for MSOP on this element is they need to refine and iterate this particular skills-based putting competition so more people will participate. As I looked around at the giant scoreboard, I noticed that between tournament scores, the event sponsors were being prominently displayed. There were no big, globally recognized brand sponsors at the inaugural MSOP Championships, and I can see why this would be. Since an event like this is so unique and has never been done before, most big sponsors like Callaway or Ping or Titleist are waiting to see how well this is received and what type of traction it gets in the market. But as a lean startup, this presents opportunities for other smaller, upcoming companies to partner and participate in a meaningful way. I had the opportunity to speak with one of those companies. So with MSOP, what they've built here, these things don't happen on their own. You need partners. You need those people to actually make this thing happen together. And one of the relationships that MSOP has is with Burke Putters as the official putter supplier for MSOP in the tournament here this week. And I'm here talking to Dave Grant, who's with Burke Putters, and he's going to tell us, well, starting off, Dave, welcome to the Mod Golf Podcast. Thank you so much, Colin. I appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure. So, Dave, can you tell us first about the relationship, how that started? How did you first get involved with MSOP? Absolutely. I'm one of the teaching pros over at Griffith Park Golf Course in Los Angeles. MSOP had developed a relationship with the Los Angeles golf courses and they did the auditions, the qualifiers on our course. So I joined it. What the heck? Let me give it a try and had such a good time. And then all of a sudden I became very interested in trying to put together a perfect marriage. We've got a golf club that's unique to the United States, although it's high quality, very visible in the Asian market. We're now trying to get the exposure here in the United States. MSOP is a startup and it's fantastic. The experience is untouchable and to be backed by Cirque de Soleil, I can't be more impressed. So I got on the phone and I spoke with their representatives and one thing led to another and we're here and we're excited and it's a great partnership. I could see that. It is totally coincidental, but you guys with the Burke Orange align very nicely with the MSOP Orange here, so it's like it was a marriage meant to be color-wise. And with the putters, I did have a chance to get out on the golf course the other day using one of your putters, and I did shoot even par. I'm an average putter, so I'm going to actually give the Burke putter the, the kudos for me actually shooting that. So Dave, I'm really interested to hear about the demographics that you're going after. The you're going after the pros, or the intermediate players, or the beginners, or is it everybody? I see you got a line of putters in front of me here, and it seems like you really have something for everyone. First of all, can you tell me, with all the pros that are out here, have you managed to convert anybody? Are there pros out here using your putter now who, let's say, 48 hours ago didn't even know who Burke was? Absolutely. In fact, what's exciting to me is because we've been able to have our putters out here so people can experience it. Every single golfer, basically, that I have spoken with and I've competed against, they've all either used it or given us high praise for the quality that they're seeing. In fact, they never know the name, so they were like, who is this? What is this? But they compare it to their Scotties or their TaylorMades, and, and we've been right there with high marks from all of them. We've got a couple of guys who we just signed to uh, sponsorship deals, so we're, we're excited. This has been fantastic. 
Good stuff. So you've got about five or six uh, mini tour pros that are out here that were actually were competing with, put whatever they brought here, put that back in the bag, and actually got out there and played with the Burke putter. Is that correct? That's correct. That's correct. In fact, we are in negotiations with two of them now, which I can't say their names yet until they've officially signed. But we have five that are interested at this point, and we're we're really excited about getting going. I bet you are. And one thing we talk about on the podcast, as far as the experience, especially on sponsorship, rather than having the old model of just sponsors randomly attaching themselves to an event and there's no connectivity, you guys are deeply immersed within the experience here and aligned. It's great that you actually reached out to these guys because I'm sure there's other uh, putter companies that are probably looking at this now going, dang, we should have done this because it's a, it's a no-brainer. So congratulations on actually making the effort to talk to MSO and making this great partnership happen. Well, thank you so much. I mean, again, we're so excited because this is a new experience. Our putter line is new to the United States and it's just a marriage made in heaven. Good stuff. So on the Mod Golf Podcast, we talk about the innovators and disruptors that are shaping the future of the game. Here's your chance here is the elevator pitch for Burke. What is it about your putters that differentiate your technology and your product from what else is there on the market there? What, now, convince me why I should be playing with a Burke putter. Okay, well, one of the questions that I remember you asking is, who is this made for? We've got the line for the ladies, for the kids. We've got a line for the, the customer who's wanting to play golf, but more recreational. And then we have the serious golfer's equipment. Starting off with this one that I'm holding in my hand, this is my personal putter. It's got an iridescent face, which is very, very unique to the industry. You don't, you won't see a putter like this. That's pretty cool looking, I have to say. I like it. <laughs> and what you're going to find out also is with all of our putters, it doesn't matter whether you go from the least expensive to the highest. The quality that you're going to see on the face, there are never any inserts on a Burke putter. These are all actually a one-piece head, well put together with the finest of material. It's got perfect face balance. We have some that toe down, toe up. It depends on what your preference is. We have them center shafted, double bended, the plumber necks. We have every possible type that a a golfer would want, and I think that they're going to find this to be a tremendous value. I'm sure this isn't lost on you, Dave. The fact that people have never even played the game before and now are getting out here to putt kind of as the gateway to golf here. First thing you have in their hand, maybe the first club they ever pick up is a Burke putter, I'm sure for you. But with so many other choices out there in the marketplace that all of a sudden you've actually earned that trust and you've actually created that experience for them that it seems like it's a bit of a no-brainer that they'd want to use a Burke putter then. Well, Colin, to be honest with you, it's people like you coming out, experiencing it, talking about it, that's going to help us more than anything else. I, as The more the people can be educated on what the product is like, I think the more they're going to find, find a good combination for themselves as well. Absolutely. Well, uh, Dave Grant from Burke Putters, thanks so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Colin, thank you so much. We are about to commence the Turbo Singles Number 2 Championship. It's going to be moments away from teeing off here. $50,000 first place prize to give away here. So I'm here talking to Steve Politi from Long Island, New York, who I saw on the practice green with his son the other day. So I had to go up and say, hey, Steve, we got to have a chat and hear your story. And once I heard you guys drove all the way across the country for MSOP, I said, oh, we, we got to have a chat here. So tell me your story that gets you from Long Island to here. So I saw this on uh, one of the websites I was looking at, and I figured I think I'm a pretty good putter, so I might as well enter it and see what happens. Uh, we were going to come in March and got canceled for whatever reason. So we decided we were gonna take a couple of weeks, my son and I, and drive cross country and hit some spots on the way, and so far we've done that. Very nice, so taking the big road trip that uh, culminates here in Las Vegas. So how old's your son, and what does he think of all this at the stadium here in Las Vegas? Daniel's eight, and uh, he's having a great time. There he is over there on the putting green, practicing, meeting some people. He's really excited about it. He's very thrilled that I'm, I'm on the top of the leaderboard. He's, uh, he's very proud of me, which is nice. 
Uh, good stuff. So when I saw you guys out here practicing the other day while we were playing, saw both of you playing. Did your boy beat you in any holes? How's how's his putting coming along here? He's a good putter. He's you know if you ask him, he'll tell you that as long as he concentrates when he's on the green and doesn't rush. He's pretty good. The little guys are fearless. They don't have a lot of bad history in their brain, and they don't care about three-putting. He's good. He's a good player. Doesn't have all that baggage like us old guys. So that's that's true. It's it's a good thing. Now, Steve, you're actually here uh, in the amateur division, am I correct? So tell us, you were you were playing before. You're playing the, the, the couple of rounds too. So for our listeners, so they can understand, because there's lots of formats uh, being rolled out here this week. So you tell us exactly the competition that you're playing in, and once again, how you qualified for this competition. Okay, so my understanding is that there are five rounds in this, and we played two yesterday. There was supposed to be a, some type of serious cut. I really didn't get involved in it. I'm just trying to make putts and move on, you know? Right. This was an entry fee, and you had to qualify on Long Island if you wanted to, or you could just pay your way through. I tried to do both. I missed the qualifier, so I just bought in, essentially. I, I couldn't get to the location on the date that it was available. Had some other things going on. Fair enough. So in true Vegas style, you got to put your money down and you're taking your chances. It sounds like so far it's working out. So it sounds like uh, you had a couple of good rounds that you said the second round was uh, not as good as the first. So you're ready to get back at it tonight. So you got two, I'm sorry, you got two more rounds or three more rounds this evening? I, I don't even know. I think three, maybe two, whatever. However many holes they tell me to play, I'm going to play. You're, you're, I'm really sure. <laughs> you'll keep putting until they tell you yeah, to stop, exactly. right? Until they kick me out of here. <laughs> good stuff. Well, hey, Steve Politi, thanks so much for your time today and best of luck and enjoy the rest of the time here with your son in Las Vegas. Absolutely, we will. I appreciate Appreciate meeting you and uh, thanks for interviewing me. Steve's story exemplifies one of the great things that MSOP has created here. They have created the opportunity for players, no matter your age, gender, or where you're from, to come to this purpose-built stadium and compete. In the diversity of the competitors, and the fact that everyone is welcome to come and participate, from amateurs to pros, also meant that there were some very, how should we say, exotic and eccentric personalities and putting styles. There were two particular competitors that really stood out, and unfortunately I didn't have a chance to interview them. One was an older gentleman who was passionately telling me about the putter that he had, which I believe he has built himself, called the isosceles putter. His putter differed from traditional putter designs, as the connection between the shaft and the putting head was in fact a metal isosceles triangle. He described in great detail of how Pythagorean theorem and ancient geometric theory led him to create the best putter in the world. Unfortunately, he was not able to qualify in the tournaments that he was in, so I don't know if that was the fault of the putter or the person that was using it. But by far the most unique individual playing this week was a gentleman that had a putter that was about 12 inches long. He stood out from the rest of the competition because he wore knee pads, and the reason for this is because he would actually crouch down on one knee to get right down to the putting surface and then he would use his very short putter as a pendulum to putt the ball. I heard a couple of stories that other players and rule officials were questioning whether his technique was a legal putting stroke, but he was allowed to play along with people using longer belly putters. As I finished up my four days at the venue, I decided to stop in again with MSOP visionary and president Guillaume Balan to get his final comments and thoughts on how things went this week. This really is a startup. It's one of the world's biggest startups as far as the size and magnitude and complexity of this. But I think it's safe to say that you didn't get into this just to do one year and hope it worked out. This obviously is a multi-year commitment to use this once again as your test kitchen and then next year and beyond to really ramp this thing up and really make it something special. It's already really good, but I'm sure you're poised to make this thing great. We created this event to create like a grassroots initiative where we would go and meet the golfer where they are in the golf courses and bring them to a big event in Las Vegas 
and give them the reason to start practicing their putting. This life-changing opportunity. I mean, in the Stroke Play Championship, the guy won 75 grand for two days of putting. But the real play is to actually build some permanent infrastructure where we could host those events and also host corporate groups, host daily play, host people that wants to come out and, and do some activity. So I think moving forward, there's a lot of learning that we made. I'm super happy with the result from the comments I got, but there's a bigger play coming for the next year. Well, you should certainly be happy. So, Guillaume Belen, president of MSOP, once again, congratulations on what you created here at the stadium in Las Vegas. Colin, thank you very much for coming and spending some time with us. I'm glad you experienced the inaugural year. And once again, I got a little plug for myself. First round I played, even par. So I'm really happy with that. So maybe next year I'll be brave enough to actually put a little bit of money down and see how well I can really compete with these other people out here that are fantastic. So thanks again. Broke Play Championship at Major Series of Putting has come to a conclusion. We featured players from all over the world. A big round of applause to all our competitors here. They all put in a valiant effort here. And a special congratulations to especially to our top 15 competitors who will win a cash prize before the evening is over. And most congratulations of all to the winner, our champion of the Stroke Play Championship, winner of the $75,000 first prize, Mr. Taylor Montgomery. Yes, Taylor Montgomery walked away from the MSOP Championships as the winner with the most money, but several more winners have emerged as a result of this event. I believe the biggest winner here is the game of golf, as MSOP is yet another innovative format to help grow the game and connect with a younger audience. So that's a wrap for season two of the Mod Golf Podcast. I want to thank each and every one of my guests that have shared their unique and diverse stories on our first 25 episodes in 2017. Without you, the Mod Golf Podcast wouldn't exist. But most of all, I want to thank our listeners, our Mod Golfers as we've grown to call you, for your support and feedback. We are now closing in on 5,000 downloads, and we are grateful for the positive response that we've received since launching back in May. If you have any ideas for future episodes or a guest you'd like me to interview, tweet us at Mod Golf Podcast to share your thoughts. We're now going to take a couple weeks off to develop Season 3, which will start up in late January. We already have some great guests with engaging stories lined up, along with the plan of finding the newest and brightest golf innovations while we attend the PGA Merchandise Show in Orlando. Speaking of the PGA Show, I'll be there moderating the Golf Disruptors panel on January 24th, where I sit down with five of my previous episode guests to discuss their entrepreneurial journey. If you plan on being at the PGA Show, please join us if you want to hear some inspirational stories and learn how you can transform your business approach to become more innovative and entrepreneurial. We've also just launched our Mod Golf Podcast YouTube channel, where we've posted videos from the MSOP Championships, including a stadium tour and a skills-based gaming putting demonstration. You can find all of our social media links on our website homepage at modgolf.fireside.fm. I'm your host, Colin Weston, and I wish all of you a prosperous, innovative, and exciting 2018. I look forward to being back with you in a couple weeks' time. Bye for now.